Hey everyone, Matt Lowe here. Welcome to the 82nd episode of Bouncing Back, a video series meant to give people who have been laid off to COVID-19 an opportunity to sell themselves to new employers in the ad industry. For this episode, we have Stephanie Chambers, who is most recently the VP of Product Marketing at ADP. Stephanie, how's it going? Good, great. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I feel like we're all familiar with ADP just because every person everywhere has to you know, interact with it at some point. Gotten their like, paycheck from there somewhere. <laughs> right, at, at one point or another. Maybe start off by just telling everyone how you've been dealing with these last you know, 10, 11 months, however long it's been at this point, and then maybe where you're quarantining and how you've been keeping busy. Yeah, so I can't complain too much. I say I got a roof over my head, but uh, you know, when I got laid off in June, I thought you know companies are still reacting to the pandemic, and let alone it's the middle of summer. Companies don't typically hire then anyway. So I stayed in Manhattan, and I took advantage of the time to just advance my sailing skills. I sail on the Hudson River, so. You know, I did that through October and then I told myself I had to get, you know, down to business looking for my next opportunity. But, you know, even in the middle of winter, you know, New York has something different to offer if you're looking to, you know, look through the pandemic and see it. And, you know, you can explore the city when it's less congested and it offers an entirely different experience that you don't get when the city is, you know, got a different vibe and full of people. Yeah, it's been been great being a little quiet and you know now it's getting a little cold but still being able to go explore and not have the streets be packed i saw the uh the train rockefeller center a few weeks back and it just wasn't crowded you know there aren't that many people in the city so it was great like walking yeah (laughs) ride your bike without getting hit (laughs) exactly and then sailing that's awesome that's just kind of a, a hobby yeah it is i grew up sailing on the mississippi with my father and when I moved to New York four years ago, I uh, got an apartment facing the Hudson River. And every year I saw these little, you know, J24s on the, the Hudson going up and down all day long. And I thought, I got to figure out where these boats are coming out of. And I just, you know, two years ago in the middle of, you know, March when it was cold and rainy, I signed up <laughs> and I've been sailing ever since. That's awesome. And maybe tell everyone a little bit about yourself, how you got to kind of where you are today, maybe some clients or agencies or places you've worked at in the past. Yeah. yeah. So I grew grew up in St. Louis. Uh, Opportunity in St. Louis is pretty limited. We had Monsanto, Nestle, Purina, and Anheuser-Busch. And when InBev acquired AB and moved them up to New York, I thought I got to get out of St. Louis or never going to find anything different to do. So I gave myself six months to find any job just to get my feet up to the Big Apple. I got here on a contract working with Bank of America. And then from there, I worked at a healthcare startup and then most recently at ADP in the incubator leading product marketing. So I've worked with you know, the startups, incubators, small businesses, um, really working to develop their go-to-market strategies. That's great. How long were you at ADP? I was there for about a year and a half. Um, the team was realigned and then just impacted by COVID. So unfortunately, I wasn't looking to leave. It was a great team and we had a really cool product concept that we were testing, but you know, things happen. Yeah, of course. And what would you say you're looking for in your next role? I really love working cross-functionally. I know this sounds cliche, um, but I love working with sales teams and at a variety of different companies I've worked at. Um, I always hear marketing and sales don't get along. And I always get along with sales because I put them at the forefront of all the strategy. They have a lot of the, the library of knowledge, all the insights, the deep conversations with customers and 
you know, if you're willing to look at your sales teams and, you know, extract from them their uh, experiences in the field and the perceived value versus realized value, you can come up with a really good go-to-market strategy that, you know, is going to benefit not only the product side, the company, and make it easier for sales to, you know, do their job and sell the products. Yeah, it's really smart. It's almost like a shortcut to insights. Is, you know, go right to the people trying to sell. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, don't spend a ton of time on the market research when you've got it, you know, in your teams. Exactly. Yeah, it's a smart approach just to get the real responses from, you know, customers and, you know, people potentially interested in engaging with the product. So that's a, a smart approach. What would you, you say are some of your, you know, better qualities? And you've already started touching on it. Yeah. So I, I work very well in ambiguous situations, um, as you can tell with sailing. <laughs> I just kind of go with the flow. Um, I think it works in my favor because I'm willing to adapt and pivot very quickly when, you know, I might have laid out a strategy, for example, and then had a side conversation with sales. And I'm hearing, you know what, the market's not ready for this, or it's a cool product. It's a, it's a want, it's not a need. And then you have to be able to take those insights and change everything that you're doing on a dime. So I think for me, just being fluid in those situations, being open to hearing that the course that we were on isn't going to work and just adjusting it. And it's not about pride. You know, you hear those conversations of, okay, I have a title, I'm in charge. And I think it's about really working with everyone and just leading the team forward. So I think I do really well in those type of situations. Um, I, I don't enjoy is being siloed. Um, you know, you do that one job function all day long. The best analogy I heard one day is that so the bigger the company, the more the team operates like a football team, you know, the kicker just kicks and then gets off the field, right? So, you know, those are the situations I, I don't enjoy the most. Um, I really like working, you know, sales and product and pricing and R&D and, you know, really putting something behind the messaging that we're putting out there into the market. Yeah, I think that's a, a really important quality, especially now then, you know, people are starting to hire again and they want to get, you know, people who wear multiple hats or are willing to get down and dirty. I don't think people are looking to hire anyone who's like, oh, this is, you know, your strong point, just do this and, and that's it. You know, right. you have a lot of crossover these days. I agree. Do you have a favorite project that you've worked on? Actually, my, uh, I love the team that I was recently working with to this day, you know, seven months later, every Tuesday, there's four of us that still jump on a Tuesday coffee call just to chit chat. And I think, you know, the team dynamic really made it cool, but testing products is, is my favorite. So not any one specific product, but really, you know, getting the product in the hands of customers, you know, getting that feedback. Is it something that we should move forward with, you know, that, that vetting process. Um, I think it's really cool to create the value of products from scratch. So that's, that's really my sweet spot. It's getting in at the ground level when, um, the strategy has to be put in place when the messaging has to be put in place um, and really creating that entire framework from the beginning. And what kind of you know, products do you hope may, may move or want to work with all you know, digital products or willing to you know, work with maybe apps or even tangible physical products and bring those to market? So my two favorite types of products, uh, the, the one I was just uh, discussing with you was actually a mobile app for employees to use. Um, and that was interesting because you had you know, the buyer, which is the corporate side, but then the user, that's the employee. So you actually have two different bundles of messaging there. But I love the consumer product field. Um, I used to do PR for Neiman Marcus, and I always took that kind of cross-selling, upselling approach, the business side to, 
you know, all the marketing and all the PR. Um, I think it's a really cool industry. You can connect with consumers in so many different paths. It's not your typical B2B process. So, you know, the B2C consumer space has always been my favorite. You get to test some of the most wild messaging, um, commercials, really have fun and go at it. Yeah, it's a really fun, you know, and interesting space, especially now, you know, there's so many startups and there's so many different companies trying to get new products into people's hands. Would you say you want to stay, you know, kind of in-house or would you go agency side? There are a lot of agencies that specialize in bringing, you know, new, new products to market. I think I'm pretty industry agnostic and, you know, company agnostic at that point because my background has been building and creating infrastructures for companies for the last, you know, few years that I'm really good at being able to step away from the traditional market insights. You know, we've, we've been there, we've done that, we've tried it, it's not going to work. Whereas I come in and I can ask, well, why do you think it's not going to work again? You know, what happened 10 years ago? We're not in the same buying pattern as 10 years ago, right? Like take the pandemic alone, you have to completely shift. So I, I would love to work on the agency side or the business side, just because I have that ability to come in. You know, I'm not too close to the flame. I can ask those, those questions. And in fact, um, about five years ago, six years ago, when I was creating a marketing department for a company back in St. Louis, the team started to tease me that I created the five wise methodology because I would go to sales. You know, my first role was to reposition 70 product lines and I would go to sales and tell me, why is this product being sold? Why is this one not being sold? And, you know, I didn't stop at the first answer, even the second answer. I really dug deeper and, you know, it was my first role. I didn't really know that I was after a story, but looking back, you know, that's what product marketing is. You're after a story. Um, And I think I do that really well working with, you know, with the client side, I'm doing a couple of freelance roles with um, a real estate broker who's trying to become known as the Upper West Side, you know, point of contact for all women trying to, you know, own the property for themselves. Um, you know, I've worked with other companies, you know, based in St. Louis who are on the consumer side and, you know, who is their ideal target consumer and what is their story. So I'm just really good at being able to take a step back and say, here's where you are. This is where you keep saying you want to be. And here are the insights to move forward. Yeah, it sounds great. It seems like you can almost do that with any kind of industry. It doesn't matter exactly as long as there's, you know, a product or someone or something to help sell, you can do it, you know, in any circumstance. Yeah. I mean, if you think about it, I've worked in um, luxury goods and retail. I've worked in healthcare technology, healthcare professional services, banking, and most recently at ADP. And then on the side, I'm I've worked with, uh, you know, business owners in the retail space. So I've been able to branch out to your point because I can just step back and say, hey, let's look, look at this and let's do what's not been traditionally done. Yeah, that experience is, you know, invaluable, especially the agency looking to hire people who can hit the ground running and don't need necessarily, you know, be taught all the steps and how things work. So that's, you know, I think really important. Exactly. Are you looking for full-time or I know you're consulting and freelancing a bit now or do you want to stay doing, doing that? No, my, my goal is to actually find something permanently. I would like to be able to stay at a company for the next five years, not have to look for a new opportunity. You know, I wasn't looking for it, you know, at the time I got laid off, you know, I love my team. I love the product, but things happen. Um, you know, until I find that ideal job, I'm open to consulting freelance gigs. I think that's a perfect way if you're open to it, to look at it and say, Hey, look, here's another industry. Here's another type of challenge that I can solve. It's one more way to round out a resume uh, while you're looking for the perfect opportunity. 
yeah, definitely. It's a smart, again, approach instead of just waiting for the perfect opportunity, not doing anything. Get some exactly. things if you can, and then at the same time, you know, wait for that perfect, hopefully, opportunity to fall on your lap. Exactly. You have a really interesting point of view on your website, so I'd love for you to talk about how you approach, you know, the best storytelling for brands. Ah, you looked at my website. Of course. Yeah, so... Huh. <laughs> So this actually, I have to give some credit to one of my colleagues at ADP, Pierre. He, uh, we, we brought him into our team from another team, and he's done technical writing his whole life. And we would work on uh, content for the new product. And, you know, he's so great. He would come up with these one-liners, and you can see the smile on his face, and he's ready to deliver it. And I'm like, okay, hold that. That's a really great one-liner. I just don't know what the job of it is to do with this one piece. And so we started getting into these deeper conversations of, you know, how do you pick a headline, a sub-headline? How do you pick the bullet points? What is the messaging? How do you play with the different types of content that you can put out there? And is the, the collateral doing its job? And I've taken this approach at every company that I've ever worked with. And um, what, what I typically do is I break down the psychographics and the demographics of who we're selling to. I look at the problems across the entire funnel. And then we create themes around that. And then, you know, we have a conversation about what are the ideal messaging points and can you group those into categories and buckets? And as you start having those conversations across the, the selling cycle, uh, from the digital footprint to the in-person meetings with sales teams, you can start to understand where the friction points come up in the conversation and, you know, where is the most important important and biggest impact. Well, it's at the top of the funnel to get their attention, but you can't give them so much information because you're not there to have a conversation and to diminish any concerns that they have. So if you keep giving them all of the information at once, they're going to form their own opinion before they've even had a chance to talk to you. So it's really about creating themes across the cycle, understanding where to apply those themes at different touch points, removing fr friction through the buying process. And then if you're talking about new product concepts, it's being willing to listen to those consumers that you're running the product by and hearing them tell you they're actually seeing a completely different value. And then you kind of have to stop and say, okay, are we going to let the market dictate what our value is, what our features are going to be? Or is this a very niche product and we're only going to go after that niche market? Um, so that's the starting point. And then what I really ended up doing is creating these frameworks that guide teams around asking the right questions um, and understanding how product essence is a huge part of what are you doing with your marketing materials. Um, if you asked five team players uh, what the product essence is or the product value, you'd probably get five different answers. And, if you, and to your point, if you read through my website, you'll understand why. It's because everybody brings in their own biases, their own experiences, and they apply the product concept and theme to their own life. And even at that point, they're already deciding whether the product is valuable or not. So you have to be able to understand all the different types of themes that go into your product value and test those different themes one by one to really see which one's going to hit with the majority of your audience. Yeah, I think that's really, again, a smart approach and, and really interesting just knowing now, at least agency side, I've heard from a lot of people, things are moving so fast. 
upset when you get a brief for a project you don't really have time to do. You know what you're saying? Of take a step back and let's let's find out. You know, let's get five or ten different answers and see what the best way to approach the storytelling is. And it's important to do. Well, and I'm on an even deeper level. If you look at big companies, right? Let's take Pepsi or Coca-Cola or even Spotify. The teams that built those products are not working on the products today. How is a new hire supposed to understand the exact inception of a product, the exact value of a product as the team who created it? They're not going to. What they're typically going to do is they're going to dig through files on the internet. They're going to read through past ad campaigns, past commercials, um, you know, past collateral. And then they're typically going to change a photo out, change an adjective out. They're not creating new themes and new commercials necessarily. So it's a really important to have that repository of information that even whether it's a new hire, it's a contractor, it's a vendor coming in and doing a video, um, that they get the same story across the board. Because even, like I said, five different teammates are going to tell a slightly different story. And if you're hiring a contractor to come in and create a video, they kind of go... I what do you want me to do with this? I'm getting five different stories. And then you wonder why the, the video doesn't come out the way you intended it to. Exactly. That's a really smart approach. And there are, there seem to be ways to work around that. Or, you know, like you said, if the, you know, have a story from the beginning and just make sure that's kind of the common thread throughout. And if it's five, even 10 years later, have a resource where you can go back and check it. You know, what was the original purpose of the product, the video, whatever we're creating so that there is a consistent story throughout first freelancers coming in and just oh wait this is cool this way and changing it completely and then you're kind of lose you know your thought of where you started yeah I often say you have to treat marketing the way sales treats a pitch right you have to do a win-loss analysis on your ad placement on your commercial on your collateral and I don't think people typically look at it as a win-loss analysis with marketing departments they typically use that terminology with sales and I think it's really important as leaders in marketing to say, you know what, we thought this was going to work. It didn't. But as long as you learn something, you can do it better the second time. Totally. I think, you know, you know, you are an avid sailor. What else do you do outside of work? And I know now we're kind of stuck in our apartments maybe before COVID. <laughs> you know, we kind of unplug and unwind a bit. Yeah. So I think, you know, COVID didn't exactly stop me. I am a natural explorer. Um, I've done car rides out to Montauk and went on a horseback riding uh, trail along the ocean and on the beach. And then, you know, I've done um, hiking at Bear Mountain. I went to Six Flags Safari out in Jersey. That's great. Um, you know, I think if you're just smart about it, you can still get out and do things and explore. And I love nature and I love finding something new and I think you just have to, you know, be safe about it. I come from a medical family. So, you know, of course, ran everything by my father before I jumped out into a, you know, a rental car that the public uses. But, you know, I think if you're willing to just, you know, try things and be safe about it, you can still keep living during the pandemic. Totally. And I've been hearing that a lot too. You know, clearly we're, you know, stuck inside or, you know, supposed to be quarantined. But I think now if you, you know, mask up and go outside and, you know, do, you know, whatever safe social distancing and can definitely still go and, and walk around and enjoy you don't have to just sit inside all day and kind of watch the same thing over and over again yeah I mean I, I think you're only as stuck as you think you are agreed the last question <laughs> for me really is do you have a dream client agency maybe even product that you'd love to work on 
Yes, I would love to work at, uh, I have a handful. <laughs> you know, I love Disney because I'm all about experiences. Um, I love Spotify because I think, you know, every different type of genre can fit into your life or your mood depending on the day. And just that consumer space. Um, I think, you know, I like working on products that can make people feel better um, about themselves or, you know, enjoy life a little bit more. And, you know, I like to bring those stories you know, to the public. Yeah, that's great. I mean, that's really it for me, unless there's something I didn't touch on, but, you know, appreciate you taking the time to do this. Oh, thank you so much. I appreciate you looking at my website. That, uh, that meant a lot. Thank you. Yeah, of course. What's the best way for people to get in touch with you? Yeah, so if, uh, anyone can go to plugyourstory.com, read a little bit more about how I got into product marketing. You can contact me there, or you can also reach uh, me at Stephanie Chambers on LinkedIn and send me a direct message. Awesome. I mean, that's, that's really it. Thanks so much. Thank you. I really enjoyed this. And you're a really great person helping everybody else get back on their feet. Of course. I, I try my best. <laughs> you're doing it well. Thank you. That's a, a wrap for the 82nd episode of Bouncing Back. You know, anyone who wants to sell themselves to recruiters looking for talent in the ad industry, have them shoot me an email at malow930 at gmail.com. And you can now check out all these episodes on Spotify and Apple Podcasts under Bouncing Back and Advertising. Thanks so much. Thanks.